This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. There are spoilers surrounding Shadowhunters, specifically the Dark Artifices, but not the last hours. There's also mention of Star Wars, Supernatural, and Dune. And welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie, Jessica Marie is here too, and this is part two of Ghosts of the Shadow Market by Cassie Clare. There are massive The Dark Artifices spoilers in this episode, so just know that, but the last hours are not spoiled here. So, enjoy. Uh, we're up to the 2000s. We're up to like, I'm going to say like present day. Uh, with Son of the Dawn. Um, Son of the Dawn is when we get, uh, Lily and Raphael and we get Lily and her names. This is where we get Lily and her names. God bless Lily Chen. <laughs> well, and this is also where the Lightwoods, where, where Jace comes into the Lightwoods lives. So this is before. For pre still the mortal instruments, yeah, and it's 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 so good. Oh my gosh, it, it's just. Ugh. I remember texting you. I was like, Jonathan, John, like in my head, I was like, Jonathan Wayland. Who the hell? Like, why are they calling him Jonathan Wayland? Because it took me a minute. I go because Wait. even in my notes, I was like, Jeez, <laughs> I was like, this because we Jace. haven't referred to him as Jonathan. For like over a year now. Forever. Oh for, my gosh. Know. Uh so the this chapter opens with uh Raphael um, you know, just wanting coming up to Gem and at the Shadow Market and saying, like, I can't go to the Institute, the Lightwoods are there, I know about the Lightwoods, fuck them. Uh I'm not comfortable there, I'm not comfortable with the circle. Uh Jem, if you go with me, they'll believe you. But like, there's Yinfen. The werewolves are bringing in Yinfen, uh, which is, you know, we we all we all know, we all know. Uh, and you know, we have a mention of Ragnar here. We just love Ragnar so much. Uh, and then you know, Lily, Lily just Lily just keeps going with these fucking names. Um, but in the Shadow Market, we have another instance of the fairy woman with the dandelion fluff hair who keeps offering love potions. Um, when her chicken feet stall. Um, this is another instance, a reference uh, to Matthew. But yeah, Jason's on that boat. J- <sighs> well, and this is also, it's, it's, it's such a lovely story because you have this moment of Jace being on the boat. Will, or I'm sorry, uh, Jem knows. Does he know at this point about the Herondale connection? No, no, he doesn't. He's just talking to him about like being welcomed into a new family, what it's like. Um, because Jem himself lost his parents and was brought to the Institute and made friends and had his pair of a tie. And, um, 
you you know, Jace asks about the staff and the initials about. And, oh, oh, that's where I've broken. You should have seen. I was listening to it in the car, and my face was like jaw dropped. I was like, oh my god, my heart, my heart, right where his hands go, right where his hands go. So, Jim, one of the first things that he did when he got to the Silent City is carve Will's initials in his silent brother's staff so that way whenever he fought uh, Will and him would always be fighting together because also we know this from Jem. We know Jem has always said he is a better fighter when he's with his parabatai. That's part of the parabatai bond. So he's giving a little bit of this background to Jace. And Jace is clearly as guarded as he is and as, you know, the trauma that he's gone through, that we know he's gone through, he is looking for that connection. He wants that connection. He wants something there because fast forward to the end of this chapter, he clearly went out hunting or something by himself. <laughs> He's trying to, like, stitch himself up in the kitchen. Izzy and Alec are peeping out their doors like siblings do and be like, do you want to go? Do you want to go? And Alec doesn't know. You know, he's like, I can't read lifts. And Izzy, there's even, like, an internal dialogue. Where Izzy's like, he's going to be terrible shadow hunter because he cannot, like, pick up on these, like, non-social cues. Love Isabel. Isabel Lightwood. Always. And so, so Izzy's the first, she's like, well, fuck this. I'm going to go and do, I'm going to do with this whatever I want anyway, because that is Isabel Lightwood, as we know. And she checks in on Jace in the kitchen. And Jace, the first, one of the first things Jace is like, you want to be my parabatai? She's like, fuck that. I might, I have my father's last name. I am Alex's sister. I don't need somebody else's title. I am my own woman. I don't want a parabatai. And he's like, damn. But like you see in that moment, he is really just looking for connection. He wants something that's kind of like what Jem explained and like shared with him too. And then Alec comes in and he doesn't, it's not, it's not said there, but because of the background, because of the order we read it in, we know the direction that this friendship is going. And it's really special too, because like Maris is like, you know, the the special kind of connection that she has with Jace and they land on like Jace is a name and you know Max little Max oh little Max and and Robert kind of um you know Robert there's a lot to say about Robert and we'll say a little bit more later on but he is the one that insisted on Jace coming to live with them he said it's it's the right thing to do it is the right thing to do. We will take in my parabatize. Like, yes, we will. Yes, we will. Uh, and Maris was the one that was like, you know, temporary basis, temporary basis. But then, um, Isabel, I think makes a comment like, Oh, mom's got that look in her eye. We're not getting rid. Never. No, never. No, he's family now. He's right? family now. Yeah. Oh my God. I just love him so much. My note here, um, is. That Jem is actually becoming stone, but vows to keep the faith for Will because he saw a reflection of Will in Jace, which is like, yep. you know. But this little, is before he knows. Before. Yeah. Ugh. So that is set in 2000. The next one we have in Land I Lost is set in New York in 2012. And uh, I bet you, I bet you this is your favorite, isn't it? <sighs> I was thinking about which one's my favorite chapter because I knew you were going to ask this. <laughs> this one, I was emotional, but I also said, this is the happiest I'm going to be in this book. Yeah. Because it is. It's, and it was. It's all <laughs> the good. Th- it's, it's clearly like a, 
the Dark Artifices novella, like, cause it's, it's the longest chapter in this book, um, running at over three hours or something. And it is all the best parts. You have everybody who's back. You have everybody from the Mortal Instruments. There's a little, you have Tessa and you have Jem, but you also at the same time, like, especially when they're at the Buenos Aires Institute, you know, we as the reader, if we read it in the order we read it in, know the significance of this background and what's happening in the dark artifices at the same time. Yes, that's why we read it in this order. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Um, this, I just, I just love this so much. There is so much here. Uh, my, you know, we have, um, Alex and Magnus with Max and Max is asking for a brother or a sister. Uh, Jeb and Tessa are in Buenos Aires and they ask for Alex's help. Uh, we, we get, we're back in the Hotel du Mort, which we haven't been in for a while. That's the Mortal Instruments. We've got Jace with us. We've got Lily there and Lily is sleeping in Raphael's room. Lily is not dealing well with the death of Raphael. And we know this because, you know, from the Mortal Instruments, we know what happens to Raphael. Uh, we know, and all of this with Lily. Uh, my note here, and this is important for the last chapter, is Lily calls Jace Jason, not Jonathan, Lily calls Jace Jason. That is a inside joke between oh, them. That is why what happens. That's the connection. Okay. Because I was wondering, like, she knew something. Because the first thing after she said, she said Jonathan. She didn't say Jason or mm -hmm. something. And she was like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. To Thule Jace. Mm -hmm. And this is that. Lily calls Jace Jason, not Jonathan, so that when she says, hey, Jason, and he goes, that's not my name. My name is Jonathan. She's like, oh, who the fuck are you? That's, okay. that, that is the connection here. Uh, Magnus also mentions Thomas. Um, Thomas Lightwood is from The Last Hours. So it's just very fun. Um, we also have uh, Juliet. Juliet, of course, the queen of the shadow market here. She mentions the Paris party. And she also mentions Alec on the Orient Express. These stories are in Magnus and Alec's uh, okay. books. Because when she said, like, because they were talking about, because I guess... They're not married. Yeah, because they're not married yet. So the Orient Express was just a trip that like, you know, like a honey, not a honeymoon trip, but like a romantic vacation kind of couples trip that they did. They took. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Jem and Tessa need help in Buenos Aires. Alec doesn't speak Spanish, but he's trying. So he brings Lily to help him with Spanish. They get down to Buenos Aires. The Institute is corrupt. We know this. We know this Institute is corrupt. Um, so they go. To the shadow market, they meet Juliet. Um, you know, they're friends. We're all friends here. And then Jem and Tessa meet up with Alec and Lily. And they meet a little chateau hunter boy. Um, I am Raphael. Well, Raphael. okay. So we know that there are children being abandoned because women are being kidnapped and trafficked um, by the mercenaries, by the mercenary shadow hunters. That's what Alec calls them. Um, we have to remember from a timeline wise that there is an alliance between the shadow hunters and the downworlders and Alec is kind of the head of that alliance. So that's why they're like, he's kind of the best person to have here. Um, there's a ton of children. The reason that this little child stands out is because he shares the name of Raphael 
our, you know, our past vampire who Lily, Lily perked up. She heard his name, heard his name being called. And that was kind of the what what drew her to to little baby Rafe. And he kind of has the same uh, attitude and the same uh, kind of like look to him as Raphael, too. So she's very she's very taken with him. And of course, we learn Lily's background here. Uh, you know, what happened to her in 1885 uh, Hong Kong? She was a slave. Uh, she is um, half Japanese and half Chinese. She went to the house of the Eternal Pearl. Eternal Pearl because they kept vampires in the basement. Uh, she made a deal with the vampires to turn her and she would let them all out. She lied. She burned them all down. She burned the house down. So that's what happened to Lily. Um, she is not a jazz baby like she says. That is like her her lie that she says that she was turned or like turned and she in says the 20s. only two people. We find out that only two people or three people know this. It's Raphael who never like questioned anything. Kind of just came out. Um, Magnus. She's like he knows something, but he doesn't know everything. But these are the two people. And now the third person she told the full uh, story to is Alec. Yes, yes. Uh, and then um, Lily tells Alec. To go talk to the dandelion fluff lady, she will have some information about the lost Herondales. So then it is from Tessa and Jem that Alec learns all about the lost Herondales. And we have a uh, mention of Rosemary here, too. And then later on, we have a mention of uh, 1903, and that's Cordelia. Oh, my goodness. Cordelia Carstairs. Yeah. That, that's all I know. Yeah, it's like, that's our girl. That's our girl. Um, and then we have Lily talking about her time with Camille, too, and uh, how Camille, what you know, was, um, you know, from the Mortal Instruments and how she was, like, in charge. And then Raphael and how he kind of, like, manipulated everything to, like, get in charge. We love we love Raphael. And I, well, I love it. It was like, of course, of course, he still got his way anyway. He got his way anyway. <laughs> it was like, whatever. It was totally fine. I love the uh, subtle exploration of Lily's grief here. Uh, it's just like really well done and not something that uh, it didn't have to be done. Like this did not need to be addressed and it, and it was and, it, and it's quite lovely. Um, and then we have here now uh, Mother Hawthorne. We have a name for this fairy lady with the dandelion fluff hair and the chicken leg stall. Um, and she talks about Oraline and how she was the nursemaid to Oraline, who was the Seely Queen and Unseely King's daughter. Oh, I yes. completely forgot about that. So Mother Hawthorne, who has a grudge against the Herondales, yes, who poisoned that, okay, yeah. Matthew, we all because she knew he yeah. was parabatai, all of that. Yeah, the, the connection with the Herondales. Yeah. It wasn't just like a one-off situation. Yeah. She's like down with all the Herondales. Right. Yeah. Okay. It went back to this with Oraline and Oral, you know, raising Oraline, and like she was the first heir, and she loved her and Oraline. But then Oraline, you know, escaped. You know, all of that with all of that. I mean, she went off with Roland. And because of that, you know, and Roland, who was the lost Herondale. And then because of that, uh, she hated the Herondales. And that's how all of that started going. So that's the ball that started. It's um, like a whole sins of the father. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then this story ends with um, Alec and Magnus. Um, adopting or, you know, declaring that they're going to adopt Rafe 
officially and it's just really lovely and a great chapter <laughs> it's such i love they're so every, sweet they're so good and like also to know how far they've come even within their communication with each other from where we were in the mortal instruments because how many times i was like oh my god just get back together um how just like the growth they've done as a couple, a growth that they've you've seen in the communication. And then they've also both of them wanted to respect each other's boundaries with not being presumptuous to be like, he's like, so let me explain. He's like, you don't have to explain. You left. And 24 hours later, we have a kid. Like, he's like, but I wanted to talk to you about it. And he's like, what is there to talk about? He is our kid when you know. It's like if you adopt pets, uh, you just, you can go, like, there are certain, there are pets that are just like, wait, this, this is mine. This is my pet. This is, they're coming home with me. And it's the same. It, it was uh, not to say that kids are pets. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's like, but this one's mine. And you don't get to pick where who calls to you the spirit that calls to you and that's kind of what the situation is like this is our kid like what what is there to ask what is there there's nothing they're ours and then they're like you know they're like making out and then they hear like pitter patters of feet and they were like the kids and that that was both of their like wait it is kids not kid this is these are ours Oh, it's perfect. It's, it's just perfect. A, it's, it's so, so good. special. It's so great. It's so, okay. Okay. Moving on. Moving on from through <laughs> through blood through fire. We're almost there. We have three left. Uh through blood um through fire. We have Jem and Tessa in Provence, France arguing about um cheese. Uh very important, very important. Uh Tessa's pregnant here, very important. Um, uh, but this story is when we mesh up with the dark artifices. This is one of the chapters that you cherry picked for me to read before the dark artifices because I was they were talking about they were going to the fromagerie and then they were going they were having honey on bread and all I could think about was food and I want this whole exact like charcuterie situation going on. Um and Ah, oh, it's so it's so good. So you you're knowing we have more back. So right at this point, Jem and Tess are together. He is no longer because at this point, this is after the heavenly fire took him. You know, made Jem mortal again, and they're together. They're living life. Everything is gra- like everything is sunshine and rainbows. They get to have this second chance at life. I mean, there's even a joke later in this book. They were like, we had a really long engagement. <laughs> Which is so cute that they can also laugh about it, too. And they're just grateful for all the moments that they have together. In this moment, a little light comes down and they were like, wait, is that shit? So what we find out that light is, is the Herondale necklace that uh, that Jem had given Rosemary, Kit's mom. The beacon is the beacon is out there. Beacons she needs like- help. And she basically got a message into this beacon, which was like, look, they're coming for me. They're almost here. Please, please save me. And if you get here, if you can't save save me, get to my son and save him. Yes. So a portal is made. They're in France. Next thing you know, they're in L.A. Anybody who knows anything about L.A. traffic, it sucks. Sucks to the point where you're creeping along. And even Tessa says, fuck this, and does the asshole thing of driving in the emergency <laughs> lane, which I'm the person who will straddle the line so you don't pass me. So... Uh, yeah, Oof, Tessa, Tessa. <laughs> uh, but they, they, they finally beat LA traffic, bless them, and they, <laughs> they get to Rosemary's house. Uh, sounds amazing, fairy tale, fucking bungalow house, amazing. And um, yep. in yeah, in the hills, uh, they don't save her. Uh, you know, shadow hunters, the things happen, things always happen, and the thing happens, and Rosemary is 
killed. She's killed by one of the riders of Manon. I believe it's Fal who kills her. Yeah. Uh, and like, damn, right? Just, just, just damn. Um, the guilt that Jem has here, this is when it all compounds and just starts to kind of drown him. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's a, it's a lot because he feels responsible for this whole thing. And he kind of is, you know, if he, if he could, if he had, his full like faculties, right? Back in '89, when he was in Paris with Rosemary, he could have done more. He could have, but like he could not have in his like current state. So we 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 know this. Um, but he's going through this like guilt thing. Not only is he going through the guilt thing, I guess I guess that goes back to what you said, where he couldn't, he didn't give it necessarily his all because the other thing that he's also internalizing and he or is he did put himself out there and he was like, this is the first time. That a Herondale didn't feel like I was worthy. Like, he's also internalizing that at the same time. Like, what is it about me that I, that I wasn't accepted and truly believed? Like, that's its own. Every, yeah. Again, I go back to saying every single person in this book needs a therapist. Uh, so what we have now is, uh, Tessa and Jem trying to figure out where Kit is because, uh, Rosemary's like dying wishes to save her son. Okay, fine. Where is he? We don't know. So Tessa uses her, uh, uh her abilities, which we know she has because we've read the infernal devices. Uh, so she, uh, starts to change. And so she changes into Rosemary. And when she does this, we know she gets all of the memories. Um, she gets everything, uh, like a life basically with Johnny Rook. Uh, and she figures out uh, where he is. They need to go to the shadow marker. They go to the shadow marker. They go to the bar. All of that stuff happens. Tessa, what happens to Tessa? Tessa's like stabbed. Tessa's stabbed. They, right? Like no, because they're talking. They're they're at the bar. They came in separately. Jem is getting hit on. Yep. Tessa is laughing because she's like, "That's my man. He's getting hit on. Yeah, he's, he's so hot fine. Like, like, yeah. yeah. And so, but at the same time, she's getting like information from the um bartender because the yeah. bartender's like you look familiar and she's like in what way but then they're they're asking tessa you look like a girl who ran out on this guy and his kid and she's like well where would i find a guy if i we if i was this person like where would somebody like her find him um and at this point like then it just then you just hear like basically life stops they see a dagger thrown. It's foul from the yeah. army of Manon, um, the fairy. And, the, and he doesn't know that it's a shadow hunter. He doesn't know that it's Tessa. He goes, and this time stay dead because he assumed, well, he, right. Well, he, she was dead. He understood that Rose, he killed Ma Rosemary. And so here he sees Tessa in Rosemary's body, more or less. Um, it's like, stay dead. And this is the point where everything's happening at the bar and Jem's like, oh my God, like she collapsed, she's unconscious, but now she's going in and out of her Tessa form and Rosemary form and changing because she's unconscious. Yes. And that's when we, when she finds out that she's pregnant because, and she's stuck in the change because there are two lives within her and everything is like topsy-turvy in her belly. <laughs> uh, but she gets out of the change and she, um, you know, she, she knows, she knows everything. She figures out what's going on and, uh, they know where Johnny Rook is. So they go to Johnny Rook's house and this is when it fully, fully melds with, uh, the dark artifices because, um, Emma 
Johnny Rook is dead when they storm in. So like Emma and Kit are already fighting the Mantis demons when Jem and Tessa kick down the door to help them. And that is like full circle now with the dark artifices. Um, what a moment, right? I'm so glad that you cherry picked this. Once again, I, I'll never stop singing your praises. Um, but so now at this point, like you said, we're in quote unquote present day. Yeah. Um, Kit see, seen his father die, has no idea what's really happening. All he knows is he asks them, are you shadow hunters? Because he has been raised to believe that shadow hunters are basically the worst thing. And Tessa can truthfully say, neither no. of us are because yeah. we know Jem isn't. She was, but a uh, rude wake up call. You are. We need to get the fuck out of here. So they do in his life again. All in a matter of seconds between watching his dad be murdered and him finding out he's the person that he was raised to hate his entire life. Um, but we got to run. And they do. And this is kind of leads us to the beginning of book two of The Dark Artifices, where the Lightwoods take him in. And he's like, no, 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 you know, I'm not a shadow hunter. And the Lightwood kids are like, bet, fine, bet. Then you can't open this door. Yes. And then the door gets open and the Lightwood kids are like, just don't touch my shit and keep going on their way. It's perfect. It's all it's all just it's all just so perfect. Uh, this chapter ends with uh Tessa and Jem uh they're they're splitting up. So Tessa's going to the labyrinth because there are war there are uh warlock illnesses being reported, and we know what that is. And then Jem is going to find Malcolm. We know what that is. Um, But then Tessa has her realization um, because she's pregnant. Um, She realizes that Jem is going to die uh, and that she's going to have to do it all again. And, you know, she she's realizing this and she's realizing that it's worth it. And like you have to like open yourself up to love and that it's it keeps you alive and like connections, all of that stuff. Okay, we're not going to dwell on it. Um, They do end this scene with um they're like holding each other on the cliff right and they're like do you see him do you see him like you know do you see will and he's like another life with you and tessa oh my god okay moving on (laughs) (laughs) so that's where i ended this is where that was the cherry picking chapters that i had read from this book before we went back into the dark artifice yes these were a hard no yeah, I because because I was really gonna just read them from start to finish, and Laura was like, "No, no, no, no," because especially if you're in an audio book, you kind of just press play and keep going. Could not do that. No. So I was like, "Do I?" Start? She was like, "No." They're adamantly do not even go into that. The first words of the next chapter. It's like, okay, okay. Um, Why is that? Because the ne- the next chapter, the Lost World, is. All about Livy. Not just about Livy, but everything with Livy's ghost. ghost. And this is <sighs> after, chronologically, the Dark Artifices 3. Yes. So everything, would I would have been like, huh? What? Like completely, completely gutted. Yeah. And this this would have spoiled so, so much. much that is going on. Yeah. So much. Uh, okay, so yes, this is The Lost World. This is set in 2013. This is six months. So like Ty has been at the Skolomance now for six months. Uh, 
you have got to read The Dark Artifices before you even have any inkling of what is going on in this story and the next story. Um, so I, I do want to point out that another date here, 1904, uh, there is an inscription that says, I didn't choose this life. That is just something I'm pointing out. Uh, Livy tied to tie as a ghost is the fucking saddest thing. And like, it is so fucking sad. I just, I just, I just, oh my God. Well, and even Magnus says, and this is just some things that we know from like watching Supernatural, is that if there is a connection to um, a spirit to the world, it's usually to like an, an inanimate object. But this is the first time that Magnus in all of his time of being a warlock has heard of a spirit being attached to a living being. So there's a lot of experiments going on. Ty has a little journal to be like, did you make it to the kitchen? Or like, how far can you be before our ties feel like too weak? Or they even say it feels like a stretch, like elastic um, with their tether between each other. So they're tr- they're testing their own, they're doing their own scientific experiment more or less to understand, because this is a first time and they're trying to understand their relationship with each other now. And at the same time, it's just so sad and heartbreaking because, and he even says it too later in the chapter, he's like, I am so sorry that I did this to you. And he's ashamed in himself. He goes, uh, he even chucked his phone into the ocean so he doesn't have access to the pictures because I appreciate that self-awareness of the constant need of trying to fix the mistake because as we know, especially with magic, the more you try to fix something that's already screwed up, it just kind of gets worse and worse and worse. And he was even aware of that, knowing himself to think, well, I messed this up already. Maybe there's something in here that I can fix this other thing, which, as we know, it wouldn't have been possible because this thing had never existed until now. Oh, tie, 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 tie. One of the experiments that they're doing is they're having Livy go to the lake, right? Because there's a lot of like myths about the lake and, and, you know, the lake can show you your future. And the thing with Livy is that Livy goes all the way to like the bottom, like the deep part of the lake. And she's like looking for her future and it's just nothingness because she is a ghost. Uh, and that, that, um, and, and kind of the way that this is narrated it's a very kind of um like a hollow kind of feeling at least when i listen to it i feel kind of like the loneliness that livy must feel like the isolation and like they describe the coldness a lot you know they're in the scholomancer in the carpathian mountains it's freezing uh so it is it is just this is a very special chapter that you will never appreciate if you don't read the dark artifices so like okay uh because we get some we get some plot here um uh livy overhears our our wonderful zara who we love so much um and miguel at the at the wards um and they're starving and we love that for them and we know this because it's even reminded uh, it's as a reader, you're even reminded at the beginning of this chapter because there is dialogue between the Lightwoods because this, there's this conversation happening in the kitchen that um, that Livy overhears. And she's also kind of makes a comment like, nobody realizes I'm here. They're just going about their lives. And they're asking about like, oh, they're probably starving, whatever, whatever. And then again, like to what you said, 
Livy does the experiment where she goes to Idris and she he- doesn't necessarily see them, but she hears through the walls the conversation that Zara is having. And she's like, ugh, these people, they're like zucchini. And she doesn't like zucchini. So she's just like equating them to the, I love zucchini. Do you, do you like zucchini? No, it gives me heartburn. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that it was like a fruit, a vegetable that could do that. I don't think it is. I think it's just me. <laughs> it's okay. I'm allergic to kiwi. Uh, that makes sense. Um, but so she's kiwi, doing this. Kiwi, kiwi is in the same family as mango, which is in the same family as poison ivy. Huh. But I love mango. I'm fine with mango. But I know it's different citruses are different, too. So we have Livy overhearing this conversation. And what she's also overhearing, aside from them, these people that she does not like, is that they know stuff that's happening in the world today. They're not having conversations of like back in the day. I remember. No, they're having conversations of seeing where um, where Emma is on a beach somewhere. And at this point, because we know at the end of the Dark Artifices, Emma and Julian are taking their like their the gap year. year. Yeah. yeah, their travel year. We know that they're together. So there there's somehow whether it's magic or and I guess we really don't know right now until we read the Blackthorn Manor because the next books that are coming out are the last hours, which are based in the past. And we don't have the wicked powers, which isn't even out yet or even picked up for publishing from a publisher. So, like, we're kind of in limbo with that information. Um, but we know that there is additional plot. Yes. So Livy finds out all this information and she's like, I gotta go home and tell somebody all this information. And she comes home and she tells Ty and Ty's like, we gotta tell people. And she's like, no, I want the credit. I did all this work. I want it. And he's like, you're right. You're right. Go find Magnus. Go find Magnus. Uh, where's Magnus, Laura? Uh, Magnus is in the Carstairs family estate, um, where Cordelia used to live. And oh. yeah. And uh, uh, Magnus is there because uh, Tessa is in labor. But before Livy goes to Magnus, um, she's she's like trying to get there. So she's like trying to vision how to get there. And she keeps like popping up in front of the lake, which is like very scary to me for some reason. Um, But then she pops to L.A. and she's like trying to get people to notice her in L.A. And she like makes plates fall and she blows out all the windows in L.A. because she gets like really angry because the um, the more distance between her and Ty, the more she kind of goes into like a like, like a, a ghost fugue state. Yeah, I like, feel. yeah. I think exactly that. And she's just like, fuck all of this. And she's just like uh like pure anger and just like Well, once it's explained later, even Magnus, she well, Livy internalizes, she's like this is the anger and this is like how Annabelle was. I don't want to be yeah. like Annabelle. I don't want to. And I think that's also how she realizes how tied she is to Ty, um, especially with her humanity aspect of being a ghost. Yes. And it, it is actually really scary because what happens is Lily or sorry, Livy uh, goes to Tessa and they're in the conservatory and she's looking at her belly and she's looking at the baby. And uh, this whole time, uh, Livy has been struggling with um, shrinking and like shrinking into herself and being invisible and feeling small. And she's like, I could be small enough to take the place of the baby. I could start again. I could have a second chance. It's not fair. It's not fair that I had to die and I can't live again. Uh, and she she has that thought and she pulls herself back and Magnus sees her. Yeah, she almost like 
would you say, because Magnus says a comment, he was like, necromancy is really dangerous. But would you consider that necromancy or would you consider it reincarnation? I don't know. I think it would be necromancy because she's dead. It's her. Yeah. Specific. Okay. Yeah. And she's kind of like actively alive in some some, sort of way. Yeah. Some kind of way. Yeah. Uh, Ty is sick now. Uh, she, cause Livy has in the back of her head, she says like a voice that she's trying to ignore, like a thread that she's trying to ignore. And she finally does pull on it and takes her straight back to Ty. And Ty is sick. Um, and Katerina, Katerina, uh, doesn't know what is wrong with him. And Magnus shows up and gives, and gives Lily, uh, Livy, uh, talking to. Boy, yeah. boy does well, he. And a couple of times, because even when Livy goes back, she she sees Kit and Kit's like you're here like finally a friend and she's like oh thank God somebody who could see me and they get to talking and then she goes oh because not only does she blow out the windows in L A she does it in the conservatory here and everybody because in L A they go did you did you feel that because they thought it was like a like an L A tremor shake kind of thing and then she blows out the windows and Magnus is looking at her the entire time because Magnus can see her even though Jem and Tessa can't he goes nope. It's fine. Your house is just celebrating a little early as he's glaring and he's like, we will talk later. I'm going to reprimand you so hard. It's uh, it's very it's it's very sad. It hurts. It it does. You do feel for Livy. I mean, I I don't know about you. I cried when she's like, it's just I don't want to be dead. I want to be here. How is this fair? And I mean, Magnus approached it lightly, but it was also very direct to say like, life isn't fair and you did everything so honorable and brave and she's like i was fucking stupid i shouldn't have been there and he's like i love you shadow hunters i wish you weren't so brave all the time because you all are this like you can see that because at the same time we have to remember livy is still young she is still a child she's still 15 um and she even recognizes that because she goes my brother is going to get like you know especially Older. when she realizes how tethered they're going to be for the rest of their, you know, especially the not just the rest of his life, but the rest of her afterlife. Um, and she's like, he's going to age and I'm still going to be the little sister that doesn't age out of this. It is. It is tragic. It is absolutely tragic. But uh, this chapter ends with Magnus giving uh, Livy and Ty the hair and necklace that he has enchanted to kind of like ease the burden from Ty so that the tie between Livy and him isn't so um well and like her tie all like her tie to Ty also just and because Kit it, the Herondale necklace has no significance to him all it does is remind him you know even though it's his own trauma that he does have to work through and he's he will and continues to and admits to it in the following chapter um He's like, this was supposed to save my mom, and it didn't. So, like, I can't help but have some resentment for it. As much as we know that even though that thing came, that, you know, the Herondale alert came to Gem and Tessa, and they were there, they teleported. They didn't take a plane. They got to L.A. as fast as they could. There was no amount of speed that would have got them there quicker, even if, I, I truly believe, even if they were in L.A., because I bet you she, like, called on that beacon as her door was beating down that's how i choose to believe it in her head like at that point it was too late for her yeah i completely agree with you i completely agree with you uh we have made it we have made it to the final (sighs) forever fallen this is the last chapter uh this is like this is heavy stuff this is heavy stuff this stuff is setting up the wicked powers um damn 
this is split into two POVs. One is very beautiful and idyllic. That's gems. And the other is Janice's. And Janice's is just horrible. It is just horrible. Uh, Jem is, uh, Jem fucking loves life. Kits with them. They go to the shadow market. Uh, you know, Mina, Mina mine. She's teething. You know, she's gumming. They, they, they're just living, they're just living life. Everything is happy. You know, they, they're making Kit feel comfortable. They're, they're playing games. I've seen, read the book, seen the movie. Like everything is lovely. Life is good. They're being a family together, like the, the family that they all wanted to have and that Jem yes. kind of saw Tessa have with Will in a way. Yes. Yes. You got the older boy, the younger girl. It's the very dynamic. It's it's lovely. It is lovely. <sighs> then we have Janice. Janice is Jace from Thule. He has come back and he has Ash with him. Which we kind of knew about Janice from the epilogue of the dark artifices of the third of the third dark artifices. We knew we were like, this is setting it up when we talk about it at the end of our, you know, at at our dark artifices, the third one episode. That was one of the things that I texted you. I go, wait, did we know his name was Janice? At the in when we read that, no, right? No, no, just uh, we have that scene with the Sealy Queen, uh, where she's like, I can't keep calling you Jonathan and I can't call you Jace, uh, you know, da da da, pick your name, and he's like, Janice, oh. the two faced god. Um, that's that's oh, okay, yeah, that, that even... is that is this, uh, so Janice. Janice is at the shadow market, uh, Jem, Jem kind of sees uh, Janice, she's like, Is that? Is that Jace? What the fuck is he doing here? Um, but Janice is there to get illusions from the fairies and the werewolves, and he just wants illusions of Clary. And this is so, so tragic to me. Like, and he he ends up murdering this poor fairy, and I feel so bad for her. But uh, he just wants Clary. That's all he wants. It is so. He is very single yeah tracked mind with this yeah, yeah she's been dead for like what 10 years at this point to him like he, she he's been dead she's been dead for a long time he and he is also like dead but he's freed you know he got freed from like the mind control when sebastian died so here he is and he's just wanting to find clary and the tragic thing about this is like he he does like he does find Clary. He he has that whole moment with Clary. We'll get there. We'll get there. This isn't a long chapter. It's at the shadow market, like that we were talking about earlier. That he Janice runs into Lily, and Lily says like, "Hey, Jason." And this is that exchange. And then um, Janice realizes that Lily knows that it isn't him. It's very confusing, but it's not. It was almost an immediate response. Yeah, immediate. He keeps walking, and she, like, does her vampire speed thing and, like, whooshes right in front of him. Whooshes. And he gets her, and they start talking, and and she's like, I know who you are. And he's like, well, wait, fuck you. I know who you are. You're the girl that Raphael started a war for. And, of course, Lily, who is still not over Raphael at all, is just like, say less. Talk louder. More please. Uh, and she's like, well, bring him back here. Immediately bring him back here. What do I need to do? That's the part where I have a problem. And maybe it's because we read Thule. Is I under- but it's also the same thing that that 
Janice is doing where he's being very single tracked. He just wants Clary, even though it's not his Clary. And Lily's doing the same thing. I don't care. Bring the, bring Raphael back, even though if it's not my version. But I feel like with our personal background of knowing how not just this world, but just like the lore that we know with alternate universes, that doesn't mean that that universe is your version of that person that you love. Yeah, uh, this I'm excited to see how all of that will shake out because like Lily's on the hook for a favor now. She's she's in. She's colluding. And and it was a no one of my notes. It was a no questions asked favor. He's like, I'll do this thing. But when I call for you, you come. And I was like and she was just no question. And we all know what happens when there's no questions or specifics like this can go awry really quickly really bad and if there's anything that i've learned from cassandra claire she has she leaves no stone unturned at some point like this will be brought back because this is you just to have this so open-ended i have so many questions we're almost done we're almost done uh so ash ash is here in fairy in like a little fairy house in a little fairy house uh with janice and they live there together and ash has uh we get some information about ash right so ash knows he's got the loyalty spell on him he he knows that the dark artifices like did things to him we know that ash has wings now we know all of this thul brought out all of his powers and stuff um and he knows that Ash knows that distance makes the bond, the loyalty spell fade. And, but, uh, Janice sees Clary in Ash because Ash is Sebastian, Clary's brother's son. So the eyes are very green. So he sees Clary in Ash. So it's very hard for him to, to dislike Ash. So he, he's like, no, no, let's burn the world down and you can have it. It's fine. It's fine because. Janice has struck a deal with the Fairy Queen, a new deal, because Janice spied all day on his friends. And he realizes that he cannot take Jace's place. He cannot swap with Jace and have Clary and live at the Institute and have Alec and Magnus. It won't work. Because, well, he said, <sighs> like, even in the moments, the moments that... He was with Clary. He's like, she's she already knows she's going to call. She's yeah. going to figure it out. Yeah. And this and you have Lily over here who already knew me within seconds. Yeah. I'm not going to have all these little things that they have. Yeah. I couldn't fool Clary for, you know, a few minutes in the dark. How can I fool her in the day? Clary's a smart girl. I was like, how is she not calling him out on it right now? Clary would figure it out eventually. I have to tr believe that. I have to think that Clary got into the car with Simon and left and immediately it was like, that's uh, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just like, like removed herself. Jays. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was in the back of my mind. Like Clary's, Clary's, Clary's a girl. Yeah. Like, Clary's smart. Cause the whole time I was like in my head again, we don't know this part. We don't know what's happening in the future of these books, but I was along the same lines. Like there's no, she's playing it cool. Because she's in, like, same thing like we would do as women. We are in fight or flight mode. Yeah. I am in survivor mode. I need to keep up the jest till I am in a safe, safe. secure area. Yep. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the last little bit that we get with Ash and with uh, Janice here is just a little reminder that the Fairy Queen is afraid of the descendant of the first heir, even though that's like her, her, like her descendant, um, because she's got Ash now and she's like needs to protect Ash at all costs. But the descendant of the first heir could hurt Ash. Um, but Janice and Ash, they're going to take over. There's a new deal. Okay. So we end here with Jem watching Kit kind of like start to train and they have like this bonding moment and Kit cries. He cries and he cries and he cries. No one else cried? Me. Me. I also cried <laughs> when, um, uh, Kate goes, you know, you talk about Will a lot and I know you took it, took me in because of him. Um, you know, do you still think about him? And Jem's like, I think about him every day. Um, I loved him more than myself. And I just like, I remember I was upstairs and I threw something. And I was just like, <laughs> thruple. This just should have been just this beautiful thruple forever. Like, I, I just love them. I just love them so much. You can't tell me that there wasn't romantic feelings involved. No, with, no. <sighs> you think about... Jem thinks about him every single day. He loves him more than himself. A better man has never existed. They're just friends. Are you shitting no, me? No, no, I refuse to believe that they no. are. They are is. I mean, I understand that the parabatai bond is like this deeper bond, and it's like deeper than best friends. But I'm sorry. As much as Alec and Jace are parabatai, their love for each other does not run this like this it no, doesn't no. Not, again i'm not to say like love isn't love like there are different variations of it I, you, if you've been following the podcast you know we feel that way that being said not the case here not the case here no not the case here god uh, well oh, there's just so many things with the end of that like okay the line alone i'm gonna say this really quick because then i'm gonna go into because otherwise i'll get wrapped up in it i wasn't enough i've never been enough not for anybody I sent you a reaction video. I was like, fuck me. But what I loved about uh, Tessa and Jem continuing to um, open themselves, not themselves, but like to show Kit where they always considered him in their family and like doing the games. They said when they moved into the house, he was like looking at all the expensive things. And that was their moment to be because it's also 15 years of being Johnny Rook's, Rook's son, raised in a, you know, doing like Rook all the, crook. the, like all, all the shadow hunter shenanigans, shadow market shenanigans. That's what I went. Um, he's, he's, that's 15 years of like different types of trauma and different types of, um, skill sets to try to unlearn. So they, Put all their stuff in his room. Here, take it. This is all yours. And he was clearly like, oh, my God, did they think I was going to steal? Like, what do they think of me? So, of course, you're going to have his own internalized thing. And they made it a conversation of it is your choice. We always want you to know it is your choice to stay or leave. But we also want you to know that everything is just material things. And there is nothing in this house that's more important than the people we love and you. And he was like, I think it was also still he and he admits it. He's like, I understand I'm working out. Am I working out because of my traumas? Yes, I am. But here we are. Um, because even even Jem says he's like, I 
don't know what happened at the Lightwoods. We really thought that Black we really, thank you, Blackthorns. I really don't know what happened there. And we truly thought we were leaving you in the best place possible. And he was. We know Kit was in the best place possible. It's his relationship with, with, um, with Ty and Livy even brings that up. Like I, you know, in her part of the chapter before, she's like, I don't know what happened, but I know you two really miss each other, whether you want to talk about it or not. Going to what you said when Kit is saying like, I wasn't enough. I, my line says I wasn't enough to stop it. Like I wasn't enough for him to stop. Uh, and that, that is the part that it was just like, fuck. Cause yeah. like, cause like he wasn't in it. The, and and I understand that too because like Ty's love for his sister superseded anything that he might have been feeling for Kit. I understand this, but Kit, like for Kit to put himself out there like that and to just have it, just oh my god, okay. But yeah, and yeah, we won't. No, no, we're no. Yeah, we can't. We can't. We, yeah, can't, we, we can't, can't. We can't. We can't. Okay. Uh, we're circling here. We're circling here. Kit crying what does Jem say Jem, our man with the words right lily you know alec they all say he's the man with the words uh where there is love there is no need for gratitude kit no 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 let's go be with our family and they, did. and they did and they did and what does what does Jem say Jem is surveying his family right his wife his boy his girl what does he say he goes will my will you would be so proud and then it ends with this guy was bronze as though to summon wicked powers, which is uh, not in publication. It is not picked up, but it needs to be. Thank you. Uh, that's kind of that's it. Like, that's where we're at with that. We're almost caught up with the entire Chronicles, novellas included. And I'm like, wait, but there's supposed to be more. And then the other part of me is on the Shadowhunter wiki for the Wicked Powers. They're like, this is the last of the, like, the complete, this is supposed to be the last series to be completing of the Shadowhunter Chronicles. Like, fuck that. There's more. There's always going to be more. That's how I feel. Just give me, give me, give me. Um, this is why the Star Wars fandom has been going on since the 1960s, 70s, and the Dune fandom even longer. So, like, Give me more, Cassie Clare, please. I mean, and, and and considering there's other authors that are co-writing with her, could be possible. I don't know. I just, I'm really trying to manifest this. It's like, more please, more please. Uh, Jess, did you ever think that you would be in a situation where you'd be like, more please, Shadowhunters? No, but mm-hmm. I... I also think that about a lot of things. I never think I'm going to be in a certain situation. But um, if you've been following the podcast, you know that both Laura and I can never like something halfway. So here we are. Um, I have two questions for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can answer in whatever order you want. Favorite chapter and favorite gem nickname because ah. we have I have a list that we heard in this book, but it's not the full list. But I think we should definitely wrap the you know have this episode end on a lighter note. Otherwise, we'll both be in a two hour therapy session tomorrow. Yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. My favorite, my favorite chapter, my favorite chapter would be uh, Land I Lost, Alex chapter. 
that's just that's just my favorite chapter. I just really like it. It's funny. You get background. Uh, you get Jem and Tessa. You get a little spicy scene with them. You get you get everything that you like didn't know you needed. Uh, plus, plus all of the characters from everybody that you love is like kind of mentioned in and out there. So I really, really, really enjoy that. And my favorite nickname for Brother <laughs> Zechariah. I wrote down some of the names that were just in this book. I feel like there's more in other books now. Uh, uh, there's a lot of them in the, in in this one. I, okay, my favorite is Brother Lip Smackariah. <laughs> Uh, with a close second, a close second being a uh, brother, let him see my Rakariah. <laughs> that was not in this one. <laughs> and um, and brother beast with two backs needs a love charm, Araya. Yes, these are all good. Um, yeah, brother lip smack, Araya, I think is my favorite one. Yeah, what's yours? <laughs> what's yours? Well, I was I was just looking at the list from this book. The one that I would say personally is the the Rakaria, just because we know I'm heavier chested. <laughs> I don't know if it's my favorite one, but I love when she's like, "Get me in like a peanut butter and gem sandwich," or when when Lily is saying, um telling saying like i don't know why tessa's is, is upset she gets to go to the gymnasium anytime she wants and i love that tessa is eating this all up and alec and both alec and Jem are like oh my god she needs to stop and 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 lily's like i got more they just come to me you want to hear and tessa's like yes 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 and then she even uses it in the bedroom <laughs> and you know Jem is like no <laughs> we start amazing it is absolutely amazing it's the light humor that's needed amongst the tragedy and the sadness that comes with these characters and make no mistake this book is tragic uh it is it is lovely there are like shining moments of like pure joy but it is also like very very sad um but you know brother lips macariah is gorgeous we love gem gem knows uh, what is it? Your voice is my fa- the favorite song of my heart. Um, stop, Jem. Stop it. <laughs> uh, this has run long. If you are still with us, thank you. We appreciate you. We just really love Shadowhunters. Um, if you have made it this far, please comment what your favorite nickname for Brother Zachariah is. I would love <sighs> to know. Yes, please. I'd be so. There's so many, and and you know what? We'll. Up the ante. If you have a new nickname that you haven't read, please add that to the tally because I think that would be just as fun too. Absolutely. Please let us know. So please also feel free to follow us on Instagram. We're at Acafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Acafe Laura and Acafe Jessica. And if you feel so kind to leave a positive review on whatever social listening platforms you listen listen to us to, that would be greatly appreciated. Talk to y'all soon. And thanks for joining. Bye. Bye.